0: Welcome to the Safari Stories podcast, the podcast where you'll hear nail-biting stories about all sorts of animals and adventures. Each week you'll get to ride along as our guests share their amazing safari stories with you. Now let's jump into your safari stories for today with your host John Lister.
1: Thank you everyone for joining us today and uh, today we're lucky enough to have our Join us. Uh, Rencha and her husband Herhard and daughter Lizeldi Kruger um, started the page Let the Krugers Show You the Kruger, um, which is a Facebook page. And uh, thank you very much for joining us, Rentsia.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Not a not a problem at all. And um, how I like to start this is um, obviously you've got a great love for nature. Um, I always sort of ask about how that began and how you discovered nature and um, yeah, how you fell in love with say the Kruger.
0: That. The first time that we went, me and Harald were actually staying in Graskop It's about 70 kilometers from the Kruger, and um, we didn't really know what to do the day, where we will go. And then he said, "Oh well, let's just go for the day." So we went in for the day, and that's it. We woke a month later. We went for a weekend, and it hasn't stopped yet. Yeah, so happened? every time, it's just a unique experience.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned that you're lucky enough uh, to be able to visit quite regularly. So how often do you go to the Kruger?
0: Under normal circumstances, we we try to go at least a weekend a month, even if it is just going through the Saturday morning, sleeping over one night, coming back the Sunday. So um, we we try to go as, as many times as you can, and then one long vacation a year
1: where we go for two or three. And I'm assuming that the longer vacation gives you the luxury to go and experience a few different camps?
0: Yes. We've stayed in most of the camps in Kruger, but we prefer um, Crocodile Bridge and
1: Skukuza. Yep. So the south sort of region. Yes. Okay. And uh, let's say you're staying at Crocodile Bridge as your favourite camp. Um, How do you plan your morning and how you're going to sort of explore the park?
0: Usually the night before we'll plan a route. But it happens that if something the previous day happened where there's a kill or something like that, then we tend to go back there the next morning to go and see because a lot of time the predators are still, are still hanging around. So we tend to go back or if we see something on, on sightings that happened somewhere else, then we will plan our route. But most of the time, Harat has all these routes mapped out before we get into the car. Fair enough.
1: So uh, are you one of these people that are first at the game? Yes.
0: We will sit for an hour before the closed gate just to make sure
1: we are out first. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you're going to have a bit of competition with a few of the previous guests because it seems to be a common theme.
0: Yeah, that everybody wants to be out first because the the, the cats, they mostly like to sleep in the um, door roads because it's hot from the sun. So they like to sleep there. So if you're first out then, you can
1: wake them. That's the nice thing. Yeah. And so... uh, Let's say that you haven't seen any sightings the night before and you you're going in a little bit uh without knowing what's going on. Um what sort of are your favorite roads or what are some of your roads that you've had some success on?
0: Um coming from, from Crock Bridge, we the S twenty eight, it's absolutely an amazing road. But you've got either it's a good day or a bad day. So either you to have everything on it or nothing. We've had the privilege of I think it's about 20 kilometers, This stretch of road. And we've seen lion, cheetah and leopard in that one drive on that road. So we, we like that road very much. And there's a um, the male lion coalition. It's the Gomondwane. We've seen them there twice. In May 2017, we saw one of the adult males with seven of their sub, uh, sub-adult sons. And then now a few weeks back, we got four of the adult males, and they
1: are absolutely
0: magnificent.
1: And and uh, that's something that I've always been intrigued about. In that, because you get to go regularly, you start to see some animals uh, more regularly. So you start to get a bit of a following for you know what that animal's doing and developing a bit of a favourite for a lack of better way of doing it. Um, what are some of your animals that you you know really like to see, and some of the ones that you sort of follow?
0: We. We always, always look. The main, main objective of the day is to find leopards, always. Because they are the most elusive cats. And as soon as they appear, they can disappear into thin air. So we always look for them. see, he, he loves the leopard. But I, I've got a thing for, for lions. Their family and everything, how they handle everything, mm-hmm. I just absolutely love so, but we mainly we will go for leopard most of the days. And
1: the funny thing about a leopard is that uh, it can be a very short sighting. It might just be a glimpse and uh, you don't see it again.
0: If you don't catch them eating or sleeping,
1: then they are gone very quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so that brings us to uh, a little bit about some of your more favourite sightings and some of your more memorable sightings.
0: We, we were staying in Skukuza and we took the, um, the tour out the H4 slash 2. We took the tar road down to um, Lower Shabi But there's a, a little loop, um, the S79 causeway. We like to take it because it comes um, rather close to the um, the river. So there's always, where there's water, there there's life. And we were driving and all of a sudden, Hara just stopped. And over the road came, I think, the biggest python that we've ever seen. And when... She went about slowly over and when she was completely in the road, it was almost the whole road surface that she and she just chilled and went and that sighting because you don't get to see them all. It was it was amazing. Not
1: bothered by us, nothing. Just going about the way. Yeah, wow. And and uh, those uh pythons are impressive animals to see. They are. We've seen a few,
0: but this was the this was the um the prize sighting. We've seen a few ones that on rocks at the sleeping and in a tree at Duke's. So with this one, because she was moving and just go, going over, we we got very nice photographs of and just to see her go it's it's amazing because they are also quite I think I think they endangered, I'm not sure, but I also almost yeah because people tend even to even
1: tend if it's endangered. It's a very um very uh, tough animal to see. Uh, people can go for many years and never see them because they blend into the bush so well and you know unless you've seen them cross a road and that sort of thing they're very very hard to spot.
0: Yeah no, it is and the, you think that okay it's bush there's a lot of snakes but it's a mission to find a snake. You, It's by chance that you do get them.
1: Yeah absolutely and the funny thing is there there is that misconception that you know there are a lot of snakes but they're more scared of us than um, we are of them and they'll run and get out of the way as soon as they hear or feel us coming along.
0: Yeah, they, they just want to go and I'm the sort of person, if I see one in a camp, then I'll grab the camera and run off to, <laughs> <laughs> to <make> eat. <laughs>
1: well, uh, I'm the complete opposite of that, I have to admit. I'm one of these people that's not bothering about a camera and getting away. Um, they're not one of my favourite animals, but I will stop and have a look. Oh, no, I love them. They are exquisite animals. Yeah, fair enough. And um, tell us a little bit about uh, some of your other sightings. But
0: we specifically love the um, S114, and then we'll take the S119 for Codinaid. and It's it's a very nice road. We've we've had lots of lots of luck on that road, but usually we'll we'll do that when we come in Malalong. But then we, we were also staying in, um, in Skakusa. It was one of our long, long vacations. And um, on Christmas Day, we tend to, to move up north a little bit when it comes to public holidays and stuff like that because the south gets extremely busy. So we will go up north. And we went past um, Tokuan Picnic Spot on route to Satara. And we were going on the Vitar road. And we saw a huge traffic. As we came approaching, I showed Harat on the right-hand side of the road. There was a a blue wildebeest, and she was chasing away um, some hyenas. And we got to the sighting, and we stopped. And Harat said, "But look there!" Then there was a, a little calf lying on the ground, and up in the tree there was a very young male. And then we sat a little bit, and the leopard came down and. afterwards let me just quickly explain this afterwards the the people said the the, um, piece that we missed people said that the leopard caught the blue wildebeest and the mom chased him off and as she was trying to get the calf up again she hurt him so bad with her horn and eventually she went after after the hyenas to try and keep them away and the leopard came back and he was lying in front of the calf and it was it was extremely sad, that, that, that calf was looking at him and yeah, it was extremely sad. And then just all of a sudden the leopard got up and he used his paws, and he slapped the calf head over him. Mm-hmm. And then he just he's grabbed him and he went with it. Afterwards, when, when we left, I think the reality sunk in of what we did see, because that's not something that you see every day. And we got amazing photographs that I'm, I'm going to share with you and as well a video mm. of the whole ordeal. But it was just, we, we were so close that we could smell the blood in our vehicle. So close we were to the sighting and it was it was amazing. That same holiday, we went on seeing that same leopard five times. Wow. He stayed he stayed in the same area because it was extremely dry. It was 2015. And that was one of, it, it was a bad drought. And there were lots of animals that died. It, It wasn't nice, but the sightings was amazing because there's no water. Where this leopard had taken place there, there was in the dry riverbed, there was a little bit of water. And we found him the one day lying there in the mud. And the impala came to drink because they didn't have a choice. There's no other water. So he he stood and he had a prime spot for himself there. There was plenty of food because there was no other water. But that, that sighting... I don't think we'll ever forget. it was. Lizaldi started to take the video, and she couldn't. She gave the camera to Harat, and she just lied flat. She couldn't even look at it. Mm. So afterwards, when we when said, okay, it's over now, and then she said, is it dead? I said, yeah, it's dead. Then she came, and then she took photographs again. But with that leopard lying in front of that calf, that she couldn't. So Harat took the video for her. She, oh, she was just too sad.
1: Yeah, and that's a tough thing. Um, You know, a lot of people go there with the intention and wanting to see kills, but when you actually witness them, there's a lot more to it than uh, people realise, the sounds and the smells and all that sort of thing. And yeah, it's a mixed bag of emotions that you go through.
0: It is, because you want to root
1: root for the little cough, so just just get up and run,
0: but you want to root for the cat as well because they also have to eat. So the calves, dinner isn't running away. So yeah. most of the time we we root for the cats, but it still stays sad.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, so you mentioned uh, uh, moving up to Sitara. Um, how do you find Sitara and what are some of your favorite roads up that way? The
0: Sitara, we, we don't go there often. Most of the time, if we um, sleep over in that region, we'll do Tambuati. Oh, yeah. They've got um, the permanent tents, and we really like Tambuati a lot. With the bunny Badger that comes to visit and the JNAs, they, they are just always there. <laughs> so, and in Tambuati as well, we we do the scorpion hunting. We've got the scorpion lights, and then we just go and look in. There are tons in that camp. Yes. So that we, we
1: like Tambuati. Yeah, fair enough. And then heading further up north, uh, is there some of your other camps, like the Oliphants and Punda and... We,
0: we've only been up north once, and then we, we started at, um, at Punda, and we also did um, Mopani and wellifants and letaba. So, but when we're in Mupani um, in camp, the, now, there isn't really very much um, predator activity. So, you've got other stuff that will will keep you busy. We were sat that one time for almost an hour watching squirrels. So, you you keep yourself busy with other stuff there. And we came from Mupani and um, we went on the S142 and driving, and there was nothing. There was literally nothing, not even Impala. And all of a sudden, when we came around the bend, we found a serval, female serval, with a, a bigger bigger um, little kitten no more teen actually not really kitten anymore and I was standing in the road and the mother just she walked but that little one he was so curious he kept on stopping and looking around looking around so we had a nice nice photo shoot with them and it was only the second time that we did see civil and we haven't seen since. yeah so we've only found them one in the south and then those two and that was absolutely amazing. They are exquisite cats.
1: Mm. And very rare cats. Uh, it's very uh, uncommon to see them.
0: Yeah, no, it is. We, we were very lucky, lucky there
1: to, to see them. Um, and so uh, tell us a little bit more about some of your other memorable sightings.
0: Other sightings that we had is last year, September. There um, was a, a leopard female on a leopardess, I think that's the correct word. On the S119, the, the people have been seeing her a lot with two cups. And then we stayed um, the previous, I think two weeks before that, or three weeks before that. We stayed in Malalan Camp. So that's close. And we drove that road up and down, up and down, up and down. Next, we did not find them. Then the long weekend in September, we were staying at Crocodile Bridge. And the people saw her again. And Harat said, you know what? Tomorrow morning, let's just go. Let's Let's head up there. And we go and we see. And there were lots of cars standing there, but we couldn't see anything. And just beside the road, up in a tree, one of the little cubs sat. And he was crying. And there was another um, guy that told us the mother and both the cubs were there. And then all of a sudden, she was spooked. And she ran with the one cub and she left the other one. And he got up in a tree. And there were lion nests that just came off. So he was sitting in that tree. For a really long time, we eventually left because it didn't even look as if she was coming back. But then a few minutes later she she did come back to come and fetch him, mm-hmm. but it was also it was was say he was crying and the wind was blowing, and we thought that he's going to fall out a few times, but yeah that was that was
1: actually very nice yeah, wow, and uh, it must have been a little bit terrifying as well with uh, lions coming by and
0: yeah that with, they said they didn't really know, but she got just got spooked. And then the lioness came out, only the one. But now that she, she's still there, she is, she's got her territory there and the people see her quite often, but the cubs have gone now. They're oh. not with her anymore. So, but yeah, she, she's still still there. But the S19 there, it's prime leopard country that there is quite a few resident leopards.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And I see your leopard in the background.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he is... Side very naughty, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: our, our little rescue yeah. that came home, so. <laughs> uh,
1: for those people listening, uh, there was just a little kitten or cat that walked through in the background. Destroyed our whole house, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and so tell us a little bit about some uh, more of your um, more unusual sightings.
0: This, we we went on a night drive from Skukuza, but the, the thing is, the only evidence we have are the people that was with us on that truck that day. Because the photographs, there wasn't time for any. We went on the night drive and two days prior, the lions killed a giraffe just outside camp, not very far from. So obviously the guide went there first. So we got the lions, the hyenas were already on the on the kill. We got the lions with the cubs in the tall road, so we, that was extremely nice. We went on and there was some zebra and we stopped and looked at the zebra. And then Lizaldi, she was looking at the other side, on the other side of it. She said, what's that? And then when we looked, it was an art far. Now, it was the first time that we've seen it. The guide told us he has been a guide in the Kruger for 32 years. It was his third sighting of all. Mm -hmm. That was spectacular. You, You can't explain the feeling when you see him. There are such shy animals, only nocturnal. Now, that was amazing. But, George, it's photographs. So I don't think anybody on that truck got a photograph of him. Everybody was just so jumpy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, and then that's one of the beauties of uh, exploring at night as well. You see a totally different array of animals.
0: It is. And what, what's nice is that the guides' experiences. We came to a spot and he stopped and he turned everything off the engine off all the lights off everything and we just in pitch dark we just sat and the night jaws that they were calling and it is just it's amazing. But the the guides also they, they're experienced and they they make your experience worthwhile. They they will tell you all little details that you didn't know. So that's nice.
1: Yeah and also I mean that that experience is also taking in some of the sounds of the Kruger. Um it doesn't necessarily have to be sightings.
0: That that's the thing. They're their the nightlife. If you just sit there and the hyenas especially, that we, we like them a lot. But as um I once told Clazaldi, I said I'm absolutely flabbergasted every time that I hear a hyena call. But I do not want to be on foot in the bush and hear the hyena call. It's mm-hmm. fine if I'm behind a fence, but don't want to <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's funny because a lot of animals make sounds that you don't really expect. Um, I think as a kid, one that sticks with me was uh, when we uh, heard cheetahs call. It's a very different sort of sound to what you expect.
0: Yes, it is. You can hear nothing and they they make very nice sounds and the wild dogs as well. You would ex- expect a wild dog to bark, but you know, they don't. They almost chirp
1: yeah absolutely and the way that they chirp at each other it's a quite a um interesting thing to listen to because of their interactions and there's a lot of noise going on when they're all around each other
0: yeah it's it's absolutely amazing we we've seen um wild dogs feed puppies oh. where they the yeah the adults they regurgitate the meat, yeah. so we've seen them feed the puppies, but it's also one of those sightings it was a split second they they came and they stopped and a minute later, everything was over. They were gone. So it's just that, wow, what did we just see?
1: <laughs> and that's and that's uh, the beauty of uh, the three of you. You uh, all have cameras and you're all snapping away. I think we briefly touched on it uh, before we started. Yeah, but
0: I must say that it, it is chaos sometimes because Khara tries to position more for me so that... um. So I can take the pictures, but it's difficult if I cannot put the camera down. So I can't hold, um, hold it in my hands. So it tries to position for me, but sometimes yo, it just doesn't happen that way. That I have sat backward front on, um, on the front seat for almost an hour and a half for a leopard that was in it. Um. And then when I turned around there, I couldn't even stretch my legs from sitting like that. So yo, it's... But at least we get the shot, always.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And uh, Lizeldi in the back, she gets the luxury of uh, going from side to side?
0: Yeah, she she's had them where neither me or Charat could get the fighter, and then she gets it. Yeah. Of course, she's in a different position, and she can manoeuvre around. So I'm actually quite jealous. We tried switching with me in the back and her in the front, but she doesn't like that very
1: much. She, she prefers the back. No, fair enough. Well, she gets the best of both sides, so um, no matter which side the starting is.
0: And she can sleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait for you guys to spot the animals.
0: Yeah, no, we, we, she'll sleep and then we wake her if we
1: see something. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and so uh, have you been into the park recently?
0: Yes, we went um, three weeks back about. We went in as dive visitors four days. Yep. So that was eventually because yo, we, we had to cancel two weekends for this year. So then we just went in as day visitors, and then we're holding thumbs that everything will be up and running again December. Mm-hmm.
1: So because you're, we are booked December for seventy. Yeah, very nice. And um, with the park being closed and all that sort of thing, did you notice any differences?
0: You know, it is strange behaviour from the animals. As if they they welcome the day visitors now because they they're close to the roads and they're not as as they used to be. So I think they, their behaviour definitely changed with not seeing people
1: for three months. Yeah, absolutely. And and what I've noticed in, uh, you know, your group and that is that the sighting seems to be much higher quality, you know. Um, you used to be seeing a line from 50 metres away and taking pictures, whereas now the lines seem to be right next to the road, like what you said.
0: Yeah, no, it's they, they, they decided, listen, it's our park now so that you can just go. <laughs>
1: Yeah, fair enough. And uh, let's have another chat about some other sightings that you've uh, witnessed in throughout the park.
0: We, this was actually a very, a very funny sighting, if I can say it like that. Came from Lower Shelby and we were on the, um, the S21 dirt road and we came to Mating Lions. There were quite a few cars, but it was hot. It, it, was it was almost one of those 40 degree days. And um, we parked and Harat switched off and we sat there, got very nice photographs of the lions. And when we wanted to leave, we couldn't. <laughs> then Harat's bucket didn't want to start and we sat stuck. Couldn't get out to check because the lions were about maybe 30 meters from. And we sat and we sat and we sat. Eventually, one of the, um, the guides came and we asked him, please, can you just just radio for somebody to come and help us? Because there's no cell um, self- phone and then just as he got on his radio, the Bucky started and we could go. But, yeah, that's a very eerie feeling. Sitting there and you know you can't get, what What are you going to do? But that was, we, we got nice photographs because we were forced to sit.
1: <laughs> well, you are there for a while, so you got plenty of opportunity.
0: Yeah, no, we couldn't go anywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, wow. And uh, we're sort of uh, drawing to a bit of a close now. So um, have you got any other stories that you would like to leave us with?
0: I think there's there's just one. One of our favorite spots, and we've had those hippos open mouths for us. And one afternoon we sat there. It was also quite, quite odd. And we sat there and there came um, a herd of elephants. And they came into the water. They were a few meters from us playing in the water. We we actually got wet from the spray as they played in the water. And Lizardi got the most amazing video. I'll share it with you guys. It It's just we, we just love it. And I think it's because of the water. So there's always something. See, there's bird life, but those elephants, they they topped it. And then I told Harata, I said, you know what? The tower's safe. always. he said, no, they can't get down. They, they can't climb down from, from the dam wall, basically. So we sat there and they are. Uh, I, I can't explain it. It was not matter.
1: Photograph sort of areas. We see a lot of eye level with the hippo and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, lucky. That sort of an interaction there, because it is a quite a unique way that you sit, uh, sort of uh, below the water level, so to speak.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a completely different
1: point of view from what you usually get.
0: So you, you get the the hippos at Sunset Dam as well. They, we've got nice photographs there of them. It's different. I think that's.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and it creates uh, quite a unique experience, especially if you get to witness something like that and. Uh, I had uh, Graham Mitchley on previously and he had a leopard that walked along the side and I uh, came so close to the car and he got some terrific pictures of it. And it just, it just makes, because it's a different sort of um, level, it just makes for some great sighting.
0: Every single time that I see those photographs, I'm so jealous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I think there's a whole count of all of us that are jealous about that.
0: Yeah, you know, no, that, that that's amazing. We we've seen the um the male resident male leopard. You've seen him once. They found him on a dry log. So with this he's huge. He is a very big male. But mm-hmm. those those photographs of Graham, they are just the cherry on top.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the way that he described the story, it, it's uh, quite a unique little story as well. So yeah, you and me both. We're very jealous of that. Um, <laughs> um, is there any any other stories you'd like to leave us with, or uh, are you happy with that?
0: Yeah, I think we've 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 covered a lot of them. So then you but but you'll see from from the photographs and the videos that I'm gonna send. You can't explain explain the feeling to somebody that doesn't know what it's. Yeah. One of my co-workers, one day said, I can't see why we keep on going back. He said because if you've seen a lion, you've seen a lion. You know what? No. There's every single day there is something, even if it's just the little birds. There is something different, and you never know what's going to jump up when you turn a corner. And I think that's the thing that makes people go back.
1: And, and I wholeheartedly agree. It's it's funny you say that because uh, recently I got a review on iTunes, and um, the review was one star because it's a podcast about a lion and it walks out in the bush, you see it, and then it walks away. Now, obviously, without experiencing that, you wouldn't feel the exhilaration that you would go through with that type of an sighting. When people get it and when people have seen it, that is an exciting sighting, whereas if you haven't been in that scenario or in that um, situation, it's very hard to describe to someone how you feel when you see that.
0: It is, and I don't think that... People really realize the sheer size of a lion. It, we, we've had a, a very young male. He just started, started getting his mane. But, but he was alone with a few females. And then we were driving and driving and driving. They were walking in front of us. And all of a sudden, he turned around and he came back. And I didn't have time to take the beanbag off the window, to close the window. So Khara just closed it. So the window was open. Probably ten or fifteen centimeters. And he stood next to the bucky and he just smelled everything there and he was just here. You you don't realise the size of them. They yeah, you know, they are they absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, and when you're one on one with those animals and the sighting is finished or it's calmed down a bit, the amount of adrenaline and the way that you feel afterwards, it's just you can't describe it.
0: It is. And every every little of most little children that I know will say, Oh, I've got a lion, you know what? I don't think I want a lion. No, <laughs> no,
1: exactly it's a right. Bit too big. When they walk past the car and you're like, "I'll just put the window up" or "I'll just give it a space," um, then you realise just how uh, they command their presence, is what I say. It's one of those things that you get out of the way because it's their road, it's their bush. Yeah, you, know, you
0: respect them, but at the end of the day, you are in their home,
1: yeah. so you're trespassing. Exactly right. Um, Renjia, thank you so much for your time. Um, I really do appreciate you taking the time to share some of your stories. Um, It's been lovely to meet you and to hear your stories. And for all our listeners, um, where you can see some of these photos, uh, Renjia, Herrhardt and uh, Lizeldi uh, Kruger um, run the Facebook page, Let the Krugers Show You the Kruger. So uh, you will see all their photos and some of their sightings. And it was started to share their photos and it's grown to be quite a a popular group. So please do yourself a favor and check out the group. Um, But on that, Rensha, thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, speak to you shortly.
0: It's fun. I want to thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Safari Stories podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's stories. If you liked our show and want to see the pictures and videos from today's stories, please visit our website at safaristories.com, as well as Safari Stories' Facebook page and Instagram. It would mean the world to us if you could take the time to leave a rating, review, or comment. Join us again next time to hear more Safari Stories.